0: Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, excited about tonight's show. Happy Monday to everyone. We'll talk about the one key trend in the NFL that the Dallas Cowboys have not quite figured out on offense and something that could really take the Cowboys offense to the next level in 2022 and beyond. We'll talk about that. We'll also take a look at the LA Rams and their free agency approach and whether or not we think the Cowboys could learn something from it. Later in the show, we'll have mock draft Monday. And no, we will not put together an entire mock draft here in ADC Sports Dallas primetime, but it will be more of a roundup. Every week, we'll take a look at one mock draft As we get closer to the draft, that number will increase, of course, just to get to know a few of these players, just to be ready for what is next with Dallas Cowboys. And finally, we'll get into the Pro Bowl conversation with the Dallas Cowboys. So thank you all for joining me. Let's get this show started. Make sure you hit the like button. If you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Guys. Here we go. Let's get this started. everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. My name is Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content and for more Mavericks content. Oh, man, I'm spoiling you guys. I click on the wrong overlay. Spoiler alert, adcsports.com slash Dallas. Check out your articles on the Mavericks and on the Dallas Cowboys, including the one that I wrote on Sunday called One Thing That the Offense Must Change in 2022. And we'll begin with that topic in a few moments. Sorry about the spoiler alert. For a, uh, If you guys are listening on the podcast, you guys didn't catch that. But I clicked on the wrong overlay and I just spoiled, you know, mock draft Monday. But welcome, guys. Welcome. What is up, chat? Thank you for being here. Kenneth Fraser. Great games yesterday. That is definitely true. Some big time games we've got is Defiant Super Bowl. Samuel Rowe throwing a little bit of a change up over at the YouTube chat. He says, are we drafting Malik Willis from Liberty or are we kidnapping Joe Voro?" So that escalated quickly. What is up, guys? What is up? Tom Downis, Burner account, Paiyo McCartney over at Facebook. Chuck, uh, let's see. Kenneth Fraser, thank you, guys. Got Bumber, what is up? Thank you for being here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Let's talk about one thing, one key trend that in my opinion, the Dallas Cowboys need to learn to exploit. And it's been impressive to me that they have not been able to figure this out yet. And when I looked at the, at the example, at the graph that I'm about to throw up on your screens, when I looked at that graph, I was impressed because I know that the, that the Dallas Cowboys have not been as dynamic as maybe the 49ers when using motion. And I'm talking about pre-snap motion and motion at the snap, which is different, but motion at the snap. Look at where the Dallas Cowboys rank league-wide at this. They are over there in the lower left corner. In case you guys were not able to distinguish the names of the teams, I decided to put a big red arrow on it. The Dallas Cowboys are one of the teams that uses the least motion at the snap on these signed dropbacks. But they're also the lowest, the lowest of the low when it comes to motion at the snap on the signed run plays. And when you're discussing the offense that had the worst yards per carry in the entire NFL, when you're talking about the team that struggled to run the football efficiently all year long, you're talking about more problems than just your starting running back dealing with a leg injury. It's about more than that. And I think that the fact that the Cowboys use so little motion at snap on these signed run plays and pass plays, it's just unacceptable. Look at where the 49ers are all the way up on the right upper corner of the graph. Those are the 49ers. And make no mistake about it, even the 49ers have struggled because of that. Because at times they get a little bit too cute. I know that JTO Sullivan from the QB school had a great video on, on plays that cost the Chiefs and the 49ers their respective championship games, and he was talking about that. He was talking about how sometimes it's a little bit too much motion from them and it can put them in difficult spots. But I'm not asking for that from the Cowboys. I'm just asking, like, get close to average. What, why do we make a big deal out of motion? Because it really gets you three, three things. It gives you deception because you're moving things for the opposing defense. It gives you momentum with the player that is in motion. He can get off to a quick start if you send him in motion at the snap. And then there's also number three, which is leverage. And the Chiefs, for example, they are the perfect example of motioning their players into the right leverage situations travis kelsey is a master at this and really the entire chiefs offense are their masters at getting their players in comfortable situations in terms of you know if i want to go inside and the cornerback is playing outside i'm going to motion from one place to another into a favorable leverage situation for me and a lot of nfl teams are doing that across the nfl but look at the Cowboys, they rank, they are one of the lowest teams in the NFL in these rates. And then you ask the question, why? That is that is the, the, the next question that you need to make. And listen, what I just said, it's not about being the 49ers up there. It's about maybe being the Chiefs, the Rams, which are above, above average in the NFL at motion at the snap. Above average or even close to average, like the Bengals. And I do ask myself, why do the Dallas Cowboys refuse to use a tool that has been so useful for every NFL team? Basically, why are you not implementing that to your offense? Because make no mistake about it, this is not, well, it just looks cute. It doesn't really work. It's not about that. Because league wide, we're talking about using data from the entire league. When teams use motion at the snap, their plays are statistically more efficient. It's time that they get into these kind of concepts. There's more EPA per play when they get into these kind of concepts. Yet the Cowboys refuse to implement it to their own game. Nate Ties from the Athletic, Nate Ties from the Athletic Football Show. Those guys are quite smart. Or I think it was Robert Mays. I don't remember. Who, who was who said this but it was one of them too and they talked about a few weeks ago maybe the Cowboys are not using as many motion at the snap and keep in mind this is just a theory this is not a report or anything like that it is just a theory because maybe that Prescott is not as comfortable with it not because he's a bad quarterback or not because he lacks the mental processing for it. It's not about that. It's more about the biggest one of the biggest trends for Dak is that pre-snap reading. And remember, quarterbacks take two pictures when they're on their center. One is before the snap, and the other one is right after the snap. What do the safeties do? And people say, scouts say, coaches have said publicly that Dak Prescott is a master at pre-snap reading. Maybe, Robert Mays speculated on his podcast a few weeks ago. Maybe Prescott prefers to have the opposing defense static to be able to exploit his pre-snap readings. Maybe it has to do with that. It's just a speculation, of course, but you still want to see way more motion at the snap. And my question would be, would you agree or disagree that maybe the lack of motion at the snap could be due to Dak's preferences? But even if they are, you want them to increase their usage of motion at the snap. Because they placed the, the Packers as an example. And how Aaron Rodgers with Green Bay, maybe a few years ago, he also was a little bit like that. Maybe Aaron Rodgers didn't want the opponent's defense to be moving as much as other teams. But look at the Packers. They changed, it. they changed it up. They're now one of the teams that has over 20% of motion at the snap, actually close to 30% in designed run plays, and then close to 15% of the plays for dropbacks, while the Cowboys are just above 5% at dropbacks and under 10% in designed run plays. To me, it is just unacceptable I kind of agree with Robert May's theory. Maybe it has to do with what Dak likes. But as a coaching staff, wouldn't you believe that the Cowboys should be maybe pushing Dak out of his comfort zone and say, listen, you might not like it at first, but it will open up a lot of opportunities for our offense in general. Burner Account says he disagrees. Let's see. Good point, says Samuel Arrow. Uh, Chalk says, agree. This just proves how pathetic Kellen Moore is as an offensive coordinator. My, my, it, it is one of the things that frustrates us the most about Kellen Moore. I agree with that. Kenneth Fraser says, I agree with you. Let's see. Let's see. Stevie Mac, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here in the, in the chat. Let's see. Thank you, Jay Cena, as well. Thank you guys for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. But yeah, I think that the Cowboys really need to implement motion at the snap in the next season and beyond. That is one of the biggest reasons, what, one of the biggest or most important priorities that the Cowboys should have, in my opinion, when trying to fix their offense next year. Dallas Jones says he disagrees. Burner Account says, Mo, this was even a trend before Dak with Romo and Garrett. And that is even more frustrating, right? The fact that the Cowboys have gone through different coaches and they still have not figured that part out. Kenneth Fraser, what is up? He says, I think the 49ers versus LA Rams game was the best one yesterday. It might have been, it might have been, but it was exciting. Stevie Mack says, do we riot? If we keep Kellen Moore. Now, those are the important questions. I will tell you, I will tell you, get the, get the riot ready. Get, get ready for the riot. If you want to riot once the Dallas Cowboys end up keeping Kellen Moore, then get ready for it because it is likely to happen. I, I really would be very surprised if Kellen Moore is not back with the Cowboys organization in 2022. Because, <laughs> and I'm not saying that I will leave the riot, as Bernard County is suggesting in the YouTube chat. I'm just saying get ready for it, because it, it, it is looking like that will happen. The, Kellen Moore is staying with the Cowboys. I doubt that the Dolphins will chuck us and hire him as head coach. I doubt that Kellen Moore would like to choose the Miami Dolphins as his destination as a as a head coach, I, I don't think it is an attractive job for Kellen Moore. And I sort of like Tua to, to law. I think that I think that he still has some sort of future in the NFL. But I think that if Kellen believes in himself and believes in Dak Prescott and the offense that he's able to operate with the Cowboys, he might just Hold on and wait for a better opportunity. And if you're Kellen Moore, you also have to look at what the Dolphins just did with Brian Flores. Like, Brian was winning games for the Dolphins. For the first time in a long time, the Dolphins were at least competitive. They went from having a quite devastated roster to having quite a complete balanced team in just about two years. I was actually surprised by Flores firing. Is that something that factors into Kellen Moore's decision if a job is offered, which it might not. It might, but it also might not. He's one of the finalists. Ian Rappaport from NFL Network reiterated today on Pat McAfee's show that as far as he knows, Moore and McDaniel are the Dolphins' finalists, which, say hey, at least their finalists do not include Josh McCown, like the Houston Texans. How about that? That is one of the craziest things that has happened in this coaching cycle. Let's see. Stevie Mac says, that's the day where I will only watch fan-controlled football till he's gone, says Stevie Mac, after Burner account suggested that Kellen Moore is not only staying, but he is also getting promoted. Uh, Brian didn't like Tua. That's why ownership chose Tua over Brian, says Chuck, and that is actually accurate. According to reports, Brian Flores was ready to move on, but the organization still believed in their quarterback. And it's a difficult situation, right? Because now, USA, as a a front office, you're trying to bring in a head coach that completely trusts in Tua. So it's it's a difficult spot for Miami to be in, especially as the Patriots figured out their quarterback situation quite quickly. And I'm not saying that Mac Jones will end up being better than Tua, but they're, they, had, they have their guy. Even if Mac Jones doesn't end up being one of the finest quarterbacks in the NFL, at least right now they have their guy. Anyways, moving on to the Rams. A lot has been made about Los Angeles spending big money in free agency, in the betting markets, basically giving up, any potential draft capital that they have, or at least important draft capital, they have traded away first round draft picks. They have traded away second round draft picks. They have endured cap hell, restructuring contracts like crazy, opening up space and more space, and being super aggressive in free agency. And you gotta ask, like, I understand the Cowboys' approach to free agency. I I understand the philosophy behind it. Like try to draft your own guys and then groom them and then pay your own guys. But the Rams are also in the other extreme. Go all in, go at it. And I think that there are two extremes. Which free agency approach do you like best, the Rams or the Cowboys? Because believe it or not, even though the Rams right now are in the Super Bowl, when they were spending like crazy and they and when they were pulling off all sorts of trades people were hating on the rams and people were ready to dunk on them if the the signings and the trades didn't work out for them so i think there are two extremes and i was wondering if anyone preferred the cowboys way of doing things even though the rams right now are in their second super bowl in a short period of years. I think it's what five years. You mean bargain being chopping? Pass his burner account. Get good players. And actually, look, Louis says Cowboys is a better way of doing things. Dallas Junk also says the Cowboys, but I would like it to be a balance. And that's what you want in this conversation. Listen, the Cowboys free agents class from last season or this season, the one that just ended for them, uh, it was a good class. Jaron Kears contributed a lot, Malik Hooker as well, Demonte Casey too. They got some good players bargain being chopping, like Burner accounts put it in, in the YouTube chat. But it's, it seems like it has been the exception of the rule for the results that we have been getting from the Cowboys with their free agency signings. And now you would like them to go big, but now they're not in a spot to do so. They, they can be because, as you might have already heard, the Cowboys are likely going to restructure Dak Prescott's contract, which was expected, forget about one week ago or one month ago, it was expected right after the Cowboys announced that they had signed Dak Prescott's uh, four-year deal. It was expected that next year it was going to be a restructure. We're likely getting another a year from now. And that is the way that it's going to work because they bet on their quarterback long term. So they're going to be able to open up some cap space. And Stevie Max says, go big in free agency for the next year or two. And if it doesn't work out, blow the whole thing up and start over. And you like that approach Maybe like it sounds good in theory. And of course, there's no perfect way of doing things with the NFL salary cap. But the Cowboys right now, they're in a spot in which they likely feel no matter what happens, whether we blow the whole thing up or not a few years from now, that is our guy. And that also factors into your decisions. Chuck says Cowboys, I know, Rams, because the Cowboys free agency hasn't done anything in 26 years. Let's see. Burner account says, Mo, people hate it when people go against the grain and think outside the box. Remember when analytics was laughed at? Yeah, I agree with Burner account. Usually, when you want to go left when everyone is going right, you get some. You get. You definitely get some hell. Uh, some hate. And Burner account mentions mentions analytics, and that not only works for football but also hey. How about the athletic ace in Moneyball, right? In the Moneyball years with their approach to things. Uh, let's see. Roger says, since Jerry Jones ran off Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. The frustration is is building up for, for the Cowboys. Bernard says love that book. The book is amazing. If you guys have watched the movie, which was the case for me, I watched the movie before reading Michael Lewis's book, He's also the author for The Big Short, which is another great book, too. Uh, I recommend reading that book. If you guys like baseball and you haven't read Moneyball, definitely read it for, for sure. Uh, let's see. Please comment over my post. This is Roger Hernandez. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll finish reading it. He says, after two Super Bowl wins, a dark cloud has been over Dallas. It's called Karma. No no Super Bowl will ever come to Dallas under the Jones clan says Roger Hernandez he's going all in in his comment I I don't know what what else I could comment on that Roger but thank you of course for your comment and your support to the channel uh anyways let's get to mock draft Monday we'll, we will be doing this maybe every Monday maybe every two Mondays I'm not sure yet but we're going to look at one mock draft per week and as we get closer to the draft, we will also be taking a look at some prospects here in the show. That is the goal, at least. And Mock Draft Monday, this is Dane Brugler from The Athletic, and he's taking an offensive guard for the Dallas Cowboys. He's taking Kenyon, uh, Kenyon Green, offensive guard from Texas A&M. I know there was a video on, on Green This morning on the channel on ADC Sports. Stevie Mac excited about the Senior Bowl. Starts tomorrow, the practice. And that is what you like the most from the Senior Bowl. I I watched the game. But definitely the most important thing to look at is the measurements. Uh, I know Kenny Pickett went viral today because he didn't measure his hands. He did explain it in a report to to Tom Palisero That he's practicing because his hand kind of goes into this weird shape and he wants to really extend it to, in order for NFL teams to get accurate measurements. That was weird. (laughs) But anyways, the Cowboys taking an offensive guard, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M in Dane Brugler's uh, 2.0 mock draft for the athletic.com. Do you agree or disagree that offensive line is a top need for the Cowboys? That is a question for me to you guys in the chat over at Facebook and YouTube. And of course, I subscribe to what Burner account is saying. Take BPA, take the best player available. But if you had to rank the team needs, would you agree or disagree that offensive line is the top one? And I will read you what Brugler had to say about him. Uh, He said left guard Connor Williams, who probably played his final game in Dallas on Sunday, was a liability for most of the Cowboys wildcard game. This is Brugler on Athletic.com. And the 49ers took advantage. Although Green played predominantly at left guard for the Aggies, he also locked starts at left tackle, right tackle, and right guard in 2021 and would give Dallas a versatile blocker who can fill in at several positions if needed. Let's keep in mind that Green is versatile and he, he, he seems to be explosive at contact. I have not seen his tape yet in depth but i have seen some highlights and he seems to move people maybe he's not the most polished player but he is explosive and i believe he is quite athletic from what i have seen in limited video that i've gotten from him however i will point out that i'm not so confident that the cowboys end up finding green when they're on the clock and it is way too early to tell because the draft is still very, very far away. However, I've seen him creep up in mock drafts. I have seen him already uh, uh, creep up in rankings for rookies. I know that, for example, the Draft Network has him in their top 10 of prospects. Daniel Jeremiah, I believe, will drop his top 25 this week for prospects. Let's see where he ranks green, but hey, I like Green. He would be a great addition. In my opinion, offensive line is actually the top need for the Cowboys. Burner account disagrees. Peter Rizzo over at Facebook agrees. Chalk agrees. Roger agrees. Uh, Stevie Mack says, I agree, but, but stick with best player available if you can. That should always be the goal. In my opinion, you should always look for, for the best player available. Burner account says the defensive line is the biggest need interesting interesting because you would assume that maybe with neville gallimore and oza you would feel better about defensive line but if randy gregory ends up walking away in free agency then you have a clear need over at the edge so i agree with that 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 could also be a a solid point agrees is louis Kenyon green is a very solid prospect he played all over Texas A&M's line this year. And, of course, I love the versatility. You, you definitely need to like a prospect's versatility in the NFL. But, of course, if you're going to draft him, you need to draft him as, in, as a left guard or as another specific position. But, of course, given the Cowboys situation on their offensive line with Zach Martin and Collins, And Tyron Smith, you're you likely want him at left guard, and it's very important that we don't get too mixed up with position flex. And I know that the Cowboys' front office likes position flex a lot, but I I don't care as much about Green being able to play around the entire offensive line. I want the Cowboys to get a good left guard, right? That's what we want from Green if the Cowboys end up drafting him. Let's see. We need the all-time maulers, not Finesse linemen, says Peter Rizzo. Uh, let's see. Disagrees to Samuel Rowe. He calls for linebacker. Tracy over at Facebook also goes with linebacker as a top need for this team. And I like it. Keanu Neal might come back. We don't know yet. He wasn't perfect in 2021. That much is clear. Van Der Esch, could, uh, I would be surprised if he comes back. He is set to become a free agent. And I agree with the, with the urgency maybe for a linebacker because you've got Javril Cox coming back to the Cowboys next season and you have Michael Parsons, sure. But you want... Micah has been so amazing at doing a little bit of everything that you want enough linebackers so you don't feel committed to playing him inside. So you can be comfortable sending Micah after the quarterback consistently versus big time quarterbacks, right? Or in any given situation, you don't want to be in a a spot in which you say, you know what? I would love to rush the passer with Michael Parsons, but I cannot do it because I don't have enough inside linebackers. That is something that you want to avoid at all costs if you are the Dallas Cowboys. So I agree with people that put linebacker up in that list. I know that many would say, you know, the Cowboys have G. Real Cox coming back. But you want that freedom and that flexibility with Michael Parsons. So I would be all in for a linebacker. And I know people like Devin Lloyd, but I really don't see Devin Lloyd uh, making it to pick number 24. Again, it is way too early, but I don't see it happening. And, of course, the same goes for the Georgia linebacker. I don't think he makes it that far. You never know once again. And once you start getting closer and closer, the mock drafts start taking shape because the mock drafts start becoming what people are hearing and not necessarily what they think about each team's needs and players that are available at that point. Safety says uh, Montgomery over here in the Facebook chat. And I'm actually surprised at safety. We've been used to to safety. uh, We have gotten used to safety being a top need for the Cowboys. And you have, you had some safeties last season but how many of them are you going to keep? So everyone definitely onto something there. Is Jaron Kears coming back? Is the Monte Casey coming back? Is Malik Hooker? Good question out there. Uh, Lamb made it to the Pro Bowl this year. This is Kenneth Fraser. We'll talk about that actually. Just bring back Jeff Heath. <laughs> this is Burner account. The GOAT. The greatest of all time. I think, says TV Mac, we have two comp picks this year, but they're later ones, I believe. I I believe so too. I believe at least two of them. Let's see. Roger Hernandez says, honestly, Dallas needs a good place kicker. Well, I know a certain team that is going to the Super Bowl that has tweeted out consistently that's why you draft a kicker. And I'm talking about the Bengals with Money Mac. So would you oppose drafting a kicker? Heck no. I would not oppose that. <laughs> Go for it. Of course, if we're talking later rounds, if we're talking day three drafts, uh, draft picks, I'm all in for taking a kicker, man. Samuel says, we need to draft another Micah. Well, those, those don't come out uh, as... As frequently, and that that is why Micah is special. But if you if you had another Micah, that would be amazing. But but a, a top linebacker pair Micah Parsons with a top linebacker, maybe from the draft, and you've got yourself a very special defense. Pulling L. Davis, he take a kicker in the first round. Now that I would not agree with. <laughs> But yeah, I agree with that offensive line. What is up, The Real Daryl Guru? Thank you guys for being here in the in the show. Shout out to the Facebook audience, the YouTube audience, and of course the podcast audience because these shows go go up on Spotify, iTunes, and some other podcast platforms. Before we go, guys, let's talk about the Pro Bowl news. Someone mentioned it early in the show. CeeDee Lamp is now going to the Pro Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going in there as an alternate Cooper Cup is set to go to the Super Bowl. So that opened up a slot in the NFC team. And there was also another invitee that was going to maybe potentially be in the Pro Bowl, according to Todd Archer from ESPN. And that is none other than quarterback Rain Dakota Prescott. He apparently was invited to take over as an alternate, but he decided against it as he... Can you know is resting after a year in which he was rehabbing from multiple injuries, dealing with him throughout the the show this season, excuse me. (laughs) And Dak Prescott apparently decided not to go. City Lamp is going as an alternate, and he's going to join Travon Dix, Micah Parsons, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and the legend punter Brian Unger who were also set to go to the Pro Bowl. Since the voting, since the results were announced, I do have a question for you guys in the chat. Dallas Junk says, This is a dope, dope segment. Keep them coming, bro. Hey, thank you, Dallas Junk. And I will check out Bucky Brooks' mock draft. They're always interesting. But yeah, we'll be doing these roundups every Monday. Thank you. And I'm glad that you enjoyed it. That gives me an idea of whether or not I should continue with them. It looks like you guys like the mock draft Monday. And I think it's interesting because even if I don't get a chance to look at these players, you can get a lot of ideas from the guys that do the draft full-time because those guys are legends. Like I do the draft of uh, about starting on February, I start looking at prospects. So let's see. Yes or no? This is the final question of the show. Yes or no? Should alternate Pro Bowls be counted separately? This is a discussion that I was having with my brother. Like, okay, City Lamp will make it to the Pro Bowl. He did have a good season, over 1,000 yards. Uh, Of course, you wanted him to be more involved. He had some bad moments with the drops and everything. But he did have an over 1,000-yard receiving season for the Cowboys. Did he? He did, right? Uh, And I was having this discussion with my brother. Because he will be a Pro Bowler and that will be in his resume. But should he be counted as a Pro Bowler when Cooper Cup was going to make the Pro Bowl before him and he was selected to the Pro Bowl and now he is an alternate? And this is a discussion that maybe comes up on a yearly basis. The NFL has never changed it. So my question for me to you guys is, yes or no, should alternate Pro Bowls be counted separately? Because in my opinion, they should. Like it would be more accurate because when you're taking a look at, I don't know, the 2010 season, and you want to figure out which quarterbacks were Pro Bowlers, I think it would be it would give you a more accurate picture if you knew which players were in there as alternate Pro Bowlers. It would give you a better picture when taking a look at history. And we have some mixed answers on this one. Bruno de Silva goes with yes. Uh, Burner Account says uh, uh, the Pro Bowl is meaningless in fan voting I honestly don't care do you watch it though Burner Account that's my question because I I hate on the Pro Bowl a lot and I always end up watching it either way Chuck says no Peter goes with no uh, Roger Hernandez says yes they should Kenneth Fraser also says they should uh, Stevie Mac says I only watch the players events like Dutch Bowl and that stuff Maybe we will revisit a topic that I had on an article a year ago and it was fixing the Pro Bowl. My idea, my plan to fix the Pro Bowl. And I will tell you what, Stevie Mac, I agree with you. The Skills Challenge are amazing and they're entertaining and they're so fun. Why doesn't the NFL make it a primetime event? Because I hate the fact that it happens in the mornings and you catch most of it on social media. And I am more passionate about this than maybe I should be. (laughs) So bear with me. (laughs) Slam dunk contest in the NBA. That doesn't happen in a Thursday morning or Wednesday morning. I don't even know which day it is for, for the skill challenge. I would have to check again. It happens on primetime TV. The same goes with the Home Run Derby. I'm a huge baseball fan, and I love the derby. I do not miss it. And what we have gotten from the last couple of Home Run derbies that has been just pure fun on TV. It's not happening on Thursday morning when I'm at work or when people are at school. It's not happening at that time. No, it's happening on prime time TV. It is crazy to me that the skills challenge it's not is not like that, and maybe it's because duration. Maybe it has to do with that. But I believe that if the NFL put put uh, was to put a primetime skills challenge event together, they would have way more success. Maybe they they end up doing so. The NFL honors, for example, the awards. Usually, you find out who won the MVP or who won the Rookie of the Year before the actual show, which was rarely aired on TV or at the same time. And now they're kind of putting that out. They're going to do it on, th- on Thursday primetime, I believe they're, they will be doing the awards show. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of my pet peeves, the way that they have handled uh, the Pro Bowl. Dario says, uh, same here, love baseball. Man, I wonder if we have enough fans for baseball. Maybe not on the show, but if we maybe some articles about the Rangers. Should we explore that possibility? I think that it should be a main event, says Kenneth Fraser. Darius says, him here, love baseball. Let's see, huge Orioles fan, says Burner Account. Wanted Mancini, Trey Mancini, to win so bad on the last home run derby. He was so, he was close, man. He was closer than I thought he would be. Trayvon City is a great player. Burner account. Cowboys fan and Orioles fan. That is definitely not easy. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a New York Yankees fan. I'm, I'm one of those guys. However, on basketball, I'm not like Lakers, uh, I'm, not, I'm not like Lakers, Yankees, and Cowboys. At least in, in the NBA world, I'm, I'm a Maverick. Let's see. When I was young, they earned all of that on eights as Sean Zimmerman. Yes, Rangers stuff, says Dario. All of the above, says Wilfredo. All right, we'll explore. we'll explore the Rangers thing, and I will get back to you. Fires Harlan and Kellen Moore, I'm a Yankees fan also, says Chuck. All right, guys. So in my opinion, the alternates should be counted separately, and they should do the skills challenge on primetime. But we will put a pin on this conversation, and we will get back to it, maybe with a show in which we try to fix the entire Pro Bowl. We will try to fix it. So anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas as well for more Cowboys articles, some Mavericks articles as well. Speaking of the NBA, how about... Turnovers hold the Dallas Mavericks offense back against the Orlando Magic. Check that out. Check also some content on the Cowboys. And we will see you, and I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, your primetime host. Thank you for your support. Hit the like button before you leave the show. Share the show. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you, Guru, Stevie Mac, Devontae, Roger. All of you guys, thank you for your daily support. I appreciate it. See you tomorrow.